try to appreciate the epiphanies that are occurring during this time of crisis, you know, on a daily basis. You know, treat this as an opportunity to explore, to, to find new ways of doing things. Let them assess themselves and then compare that to what you think as a teacher. We're stripping away some of the things that we do just because we've always done them. Be reflective of what's the entity of school and what learning is. Remember that we're still part of a community and uh, appreciate that community and, and remember that um, there's better times ahead. Beyond Our Bell podcast. This week, uh, we have some special guests from the American School Foundation of Monterey. In the last episode, we talked to two teachers as they go through the distance learning, online learning, and um, they shared their story. And this week, we're going to talk to uh, get the perspective of some administrators. Hi, gentlemen. Can you please introduce yourself? Sheldon Ginter. I'm the middle school, high school campus coordinator and high school principal. And, and, and I'm Joe Stanzione. I'm the elementary uh, school principal, campus director that, in, that encompasses three and a half year olds all the way through grade five, so nursery to grade five. Hello, everyone. I'm uh, John Hickey, and I'm the assistant superintendent. Well, uh, that takes us to our first question. Can you guys give us uh, a sense of where you are at in terms of timeline with distance learning? Sure. Um, we're going into our third week of distance learning. We sort of got an early start on it. One of our middle school trips uh, was coming back from the United States and started distance learning uh, a week before uh, the rest uh, of the school did. So th this will be the, the, the fourth week for that group of students actually and the, the third week for everyone else. I can, I can uh, share a little bit here. <clears throat> One of the things, you know, when I'm thinking about distance, distance learning and, and the timeline, Somewhere back in the end of February, uh, I had posed this, you know, keeping my eye on the news and and seeing and hearing from other teachers and, and other principals, really, in, in some chats, the chat groups that I have, uh, uh, and what they what's been going on first in Asia and then heading you know, heading out uh, toward other parts of the world. We sat down for a few hours, uh, my admin team, and and I, and I posed the question of, okay, so what's it look like in a hybrid uh, scenario of kids that aren't able to be on campus and kids that are and what do teachers do and what are the responsibilities and then we looked at the 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 concept of full school closure and what that looks like and so i think we did some some decent pre-work that it was you know ideal in a way uh, perfect case scenarios and that sort of thing yet living through it now it's uh, we've had to adjust along the way and so some of that work, especially as John was sharing in the hybrid week, you know, in that week where we had kids at home and kids in school, it was a good, I think it was a, it was a it put your, dip your toe in the sand a little bit for everybody to feel what this is going to look like while we still also had that bit of, you know, unsure, un, you know, that uncertainty uh, about what's happening in the, in the world too, not just in our jobs, but in the world. So um, um, Timeline-wise, we're uh, we're we're in a good spot, and lots of things to consider as we move ahead, though. Well, that leads into our next question. Um, I think geographically located here in Mexico, we were a little bit, uh, you know, well, we came after Asia. So, 
what did the preparation for distance learning look like to make sure that students, teachers, and parents were ready to kind of take classes fully online? What did that look like? Well, I think from the from the middle school, high school standpoint, um, you know, there there's been preparation made for this really for the last couple of years. You know, there's been a focus on blended learning, you know, a focus on innovation, new technologies. And, um, you know, so many of our teachers were in a, a relatively good place to tackle this. And, and students had, had been exposed to some of this already. I think as you as we get closer to this timeline, um, I think we, you know, we did a lot of work in terms of preparation with the innovation team that we have, a group of teachers that we have. And also with our with our coaches, with our technology people to ensure that things were ready. At one point we were talking about, you know, scaling it up to to having a, a one day uh, stay at home uh, experiment to, to work on that. And uh, and that's uh, sort of merged into a now three weeks. So um, but we were we were scaling up towards that. Definitely. Yeah, and I can add on uh, a bit there too. Sheldon's making some really important points on the, the prep. You know, I mean, some of this was logical prep on our part over the last couple of years with the unknown, but it was more so around you know helping teachers build their skill sets too, and uh, and 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 understanding you know how do you how do you have that kind of uh, online environment where you know like like for instance you know things like GOA. And, and, you know, there, there are some already some things that are happening that were really good for teachers and students to already have in their pockets around how to do this. Um, I think one of, the, one of the things that has been complex for elementary is that we've got all of a sudden we've, we've thrown these moms and dads into, the, especially preschool and kindergarten and grade one, uh, thrown them into this scenario of becoming a teacher all of a sudden. And how do you help them continue to be, how do you help them at all, number one, get situated and then you know what are the expectations for those moms and dads who are who are working at the same time too and so you know really to the question of preparation i think we we over the last couple of years there has been that and uh there has been you know that blended learning you know mindset that all teachers have needed to under you know understand and 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 work at Yet I also, you know, when the reality came uh, of, okay, so this is going to be, this is going to be, this is right here and right now, we had that one day, you know, that, that March 13th to really put everything together. And, uh, and part of that was developing clear expectations for, for as many people as you can in the 24 hours, basically, we had to kind of put some things together and over that weekend. And even now, we're still doing some of that work. I just finished some work with our support services department, some of our uh, permanent substitutes, and I've still got some work to do with our education assistants, too, to really solidify roles and responsibilities as we grow and learn with this, too. So prep was, well, boy, you know, some long distance, and then all of a sudden it was crunch time. Yeah, it looks. It seems to me that um, us as, fa- as faculty, teachers, where we tried to act as soon as possible and we had each other as a community as backup, but you guys are in a position that you knew before us and you had to kind of plan for us. What were the, what was the biggest challenges or the, the, the biggest fears that comes with trying to take the decision to steer this ship towards distance learning? Right. Um, I'll, I'll tackle that. I think uh, one of the concerns is, is the balance between between allowing teachers 
the freedom to explore, to experiment versus sort of dictating certain structures that needed to be put in place. For example, when you're looking at uh, platforms that, that teachers might use, uh, we had a variety. We wanted to streamline it. But at the same time, we wanted to allow our teachers the, the, the freedom, the flexibility to be able to, to experiment with different platforms, to experiment with different uh, you know, structures. So uh, I guess that balance is, is what, we're, what we still struggle with, uh, you know, I think, and we'll struggle with for, for a while. But it's a healthy, it's a healthy balance. Yeah, one of the things I think I've experienced uh, because of the work we've been doing around social emotional learning um, is we lose that we lose that relationship factor uh, that's so crucial to you know to, to learning in, on its own. I mean, the research you know backs it up, and so that was that, that was one of the things that you know thinking about the you know the biggest pieces that we may miss and how do we keep that alive. But also at the same time, you know, as Sheldon sharing, you know, we want to be able to have some structures in place. It's it's finding what you know what's going to be happening now and what we need to make sure people understand clearly, uh, and trying to continue, ex- you know, what you were doing. I mean, we planned so much and so well. All of us have our year our year long plans and our scope and sequences, and we want to continue those things. and And keeping that in mind with the decision making, uh, it, it was important for us to weigh all that. All right, and to find out, you know, what's going to be first, what's going to be second, and and there's a a bit of a linear approach to it. I think you know what I've had to do is a um, is think about it that way of, you know, the first, the seconds, the thirds, and because people wanted people needed guidance on it, they really did, and and the the platform piece was uh, we really had to put some stuff together because most of my staff was using well they were probably using Unified Classroom in some way. But a lot of them were using other platforms, and then all of a sudden to stre- you know streamline them or or get them all uh, thinking around one platform in one way was a was a challenge we needed to undertake, and 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 so that was one of the things not just in the planning but the delivery piece for from a leadership perspective was was complex. Yeah, I, I can just jump in there too, and just as a as a from a support position. That, that has been a challenge, just trying to make sure people are, you know, that we're, we're not kind of over-tooling people because there are so many great tools out there, but we can kind of get lost in that mess. But uh, going off what Jose's question um, was there um, and sticking to, I guess, the challenges, what are some other challenges that have kind of come up? Because now we're looking at, for example, like I know in the conversation is what does graduation look like? Or, you know, from John, you're maybe from your perspective of, of how we're covering curriculum. And, and I think you hinted a little bit, Joe, on SEL and how we kind of support students that, you know, need that extra support. So those are some challenges that we've, I've been seeing like popping up in, in you know, conversations on Twitter and, and Facebook groups. I don't know if you can comment on some of those things. Or even something as uh, I wanted to add, like we're about to go into a two-week Semana Santa Easter break. Um, that itself needs, uh, does it come with preparation? Does it come with, uh, how does that look like, the projection of what's coming up for the school year? You know, to address that, uh, think of a, a Ernest Hemingway quote from The Sun Also Rises, uh, when I think about, you know, how we went to distance learning. And, and the quote from the from the book was, how did you go bankrupt? And the character says two ways, uh, gradually, then suddenly. 
and that's and that's sort of how we, we went into distance learning. Um, as as Joe and Sheldon uh, mentioned and, and, and detailed, we were uniquely positioned to go into distance learning because uh, we had been doing so much work with innovation. Our innovation department had a circle of tools and had been pushing professional development that helped us through this. Mm-hmm. But the pragmatics of the situation were, it happened even with that quite suddenly. And we realized that the only alternative we had was distance learning. The, the schools, you know, literally shut here in Mexico, uh, as they did in other places of the world. Um, curriculum is, is, is the core of our school. When we think about curriculum, I think what we had to do is we had to think of what were the most important things that we needed our, our students to learn. And we needed to help our teachers to facilitate the learning of. And, and that's kind of how we've been focused since we started distance learning three weeks ago. Yeah, I'd like to, to add to that in terms of some of the challenges. Um, you know, uh, we've got a lot of kids who, who require learning support. Um, and that's always something that, um, you know, I think that all schools right now are, are struggling with. We are very fortunate to have, you know, an excellent team of, of learning support teachers um, and they are going above and beyond to, to help those kids and, and to connect with them and to be in virtual classes when they can. But that's always a challenge. I think another challenge is, and, and Corey, you mentioned the you know, graduation, and certainly it applies to, to our seniors who are, who are depressed and, and frustrated and, and, and very sad. But I think it, it extends to, to all of our community. Um, you know, how do we look after the well-being of each other? And, and how do we set that as a priority, even though, you know, we're, we're continuing with classes and, you know, and the, the content and the, the skills that we're learning, uh, they're all important. But, um, you know, how do we ensure that our teachers, our parents, and especially our students, you know, how do, how do they maintain their, their, their well-being and, and know that they, they feel supported and know that they are supported? Yeah, and 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 if I could, you know, just continue this a bit, <clears throat> you know, I feel for those seniors that that rite of passage and and that matriculation of you know a future, you know, a, a higher learning and and more learning in their life, you know, they could miss some of that and or miss all of it, at least the culmination of of for some of them, fifteen years at ASFM, and all of a sudden, you know, they don't get to walk on the stage and and there's that there's you know a generation of kids and then. And then I think about, you know, Sheldon's talking about the, you know, the, the, the well-being of everybody. You know, some kids, you know, they're, you know, I mean, for most of us, we're, we're used to getting outside and doing things and we're, we're human and we want to interact with people and do things together. And, and all of a sudden you can't. And, and so, you know, the challenge was how do, we, how do we keep that alive? How do you do anything like that? And one of the things we've tried to do is I've asked the, my psychologists and counselors and my admin team is to have a weekly phone call with every single teacher and, uh, and just talk about life, talk about what's going on, what's, what struggles right now. And because some of our teachers are with their families and some of our teachers are isolated. You know, they're, they're, their families are, you know, thousands of miles away and, and they're on their own. And I think uh, for, for their well-being and, and obviously our students too, it's, it's, I've asked, I've asked all of my, all of my teachers to check in at least once a week to have a, a, a 10 to 15, 20 minute phone call with kids and their moms and dads as well. 
And because, you know, some of the moms and dads are all of a sudden, you know, becoming teachers. And so we need to help them in, uh, in a way that's going to be, you know, for however long this is going to take us. We need to ask those important questions of how are things going and keep it at the keep all things at a human level. All right. Because learning can only take place when you really address the human factor. I I love the fact that you touch parents in your uh, conversation, Joe, because I think also they're an, an incredibly important part of this equation in which education is in these times. And I was wondering, are we taking as a school a particular approach towards helping parents or, you know, do you, if you have any advices for them or how can they be of better benefit to this whole scenario that we're dealing with? Uh, well, I'll touch on some of the advice I've I, I've written parents at least twice now to to explain from a, a preschool perspective, a primary and upper elementary perspective, uh, thinking about Spanish department, thinking about our specialists, and and giving them clear guidelines on what the expectations are, <clears throat> and then really just <laughs> asking them to just step in and be as good and and, and as and as thoughtful as they can about helping their kids, you know, be guided. Um, uh, in this. And so I follow that up with some pieces that I think have been helpful. And that's one, it's not just me. I say, I think our, our innovation department had part of this as well. And in putting together messages that say, let's, let's set up the environment. The home environment needs to be one where if learning is going to take place, it's got to be in a specific spot. All right. And so we've given some parameters, you know, wear clothes that are going to be ones you wear to school, all right. Not in your pajamas and none of that stuff. And, you know, set up a schedule. And when I, th I think about, you know, parents setting up a schedule where they need to work at the same time and balance the kids, the three or four kids, who, whatever amount they have at home with a limited technology they might have too, then, um, then we're, we're, we're put in a spot where, you know, how do you help them? Uh, and so those have been some of the, some of the suggestions for moms and dads. You know, it's not going to be the same for them. They're not, they're not teachers. All right. And so uh, it's, it's giving them some guidance on good questions to ask. Um, remind, you know, helping them, helping their kids become independent too, because if there's anything that we've really, I found is that uh, so many of our kids are now excelling at demonstrating independence. And there's a number that still have not demonstrated that. And so, uh, it's helping moms and dads and helping teachers with it as well. Yeah, I would agree, Joe. I think, I think there have been a, a number of things put in place overall, uh, in terms of, for example, the website that, that hosts our, our distance learning uh, program, uh, the weekly Eagle, uh, messages coming out from our superintendent, messages from the principals. So, you know, I, I think it's a little bit different in the, in the elementary school setting. They need a little bit more guidance. Typically, when you get to, to the older kids, they're, they're a bit more independent and, and, uh, and can, can learn on their own a little bit more. And, and the activities are, are more geared towards that anyway. So, but uh, constant communication, I think, conversations and communications, uh, but also reaching out to, to parents individually to make sure that they're doing well when we know that there are certain cases that are happening or certain um, events have happened. Um, and just reaching out to them and, and knowing that that we're here to support them, I think that goes a long way as well. Hey, can I, I want to sort of, if I could, just one little piece. I had a chat with a teacher today, and and we were just talking through some things, and and one of them said to me, you know, um, 
Uh, I'm finishing up my phone calls and you know, I'm, I'm my video chats with kids and I find that I have more time with the parent <laughs> than I do with the kid because I just want to, they just want to talk to somebody else. And, and so, you know, uh, some of these teachers are developing these whole new connections with moms and dads at home um, as they, as they follow through on these responsibilities with check-ins and, and, and on a one-on-one basis. And so, you know, they really, you know, moms and dads need that TLC as well, don't they? I'd like to uh, just shift the conversation a little bit. You guys, um, I, I think you nailed the, the challenges, but I'd like to just move on to some of the, the positives or opportunities opportunities that arise out of this. Um, so just last week, uh, some educational gurus such as Rick Wormelli and Tom Gusky, they've been recently discussing some some of the positive aspects and they were kind of more looking at it through a lens of grading practices, uh, right from high school to, to middle school, lower grades, and even into universities. So I'm just curious as, as to what you guys think are some of the kind of positives or, you know, can we seize some opportunities here? Well, Corey, I'd love to jump in on this because I think um, there are many opportunities. And, and uh, you know, I think it's we've commented a few times that it's, this crisis uh, and moving to distance learning has really propelled a lot of our initiatives. Uh, we, you know, we want to focus down the road on greater personalization and, you know, a greater attention to authentic assessment and authentic learning. And, you know, this is, this is the, the place for that. I, I think there are a number of things that we can start to look at uh, a little bit more closely. The first is the the removal of the the space and, and time constraints of school itself. You know we've been so conditioned by bells, by starting times, by end times. You know learning has to take place. Learning is in the school, uh, and then you know the other stuff is is outside the school. I think those boundaries have been have been destroyed uh, during this crisis, and you know in, in many ways that's that's positive. You know, uh, students are starting to see that learning takes place at all times, at any time. You know, I think it'll force us to look at, relook at things like schedules and and bells and and that sort of thing. Probably long overdue. I think there are a couple of other things that that come up. Uh, and you know, in in a previous uh, podcast, uh, one of your guests mentioned you know attention to soft skills, and um, I'd like to take that even even further and say. You know, these things that, that we used to call soft skills, you know, in a crisis situation and, and distance learning situation that we're in um, have become the essential skills. You know, the ability to learn on your own, independence, uh, organization, um, problem solving, uh, communication, all of these things are have become the essential skills. And, and I think teachers, as they come to grips with the distance learning um, are finding more and more that less is more. And, um, you know, if, if we can maybe pare down a little bit the, the content overload that we have and really start to teach kill, uh, students some of these skills like how to best communicate or how to problem solve in, in the time of a crisis, you know, I think those are those are the skills and those that's the direction that this is going. You know, things like mastery transcript, which is really focused on these essential essential soft skills, if you want, 
um, as sort of the a direction that many schools uh, may opt to take now that now that they look at at uh, what's happening with distance learning. I think another uh, positive thing, and I'm speaking as a parent of a teenager in the house, is is much was made of of the difference in generations and and how the kids we were teaching are digital natives and they process and they think different with technology. Well, this whole crisis has sort of put us all on the same page. And uh, teachers, students, no matter what age, we're, we're all moved to different applications, platforms, and programs uh, for collaboration and learning. And uh, I think one of the great benefits of this is, is that when things go back to the status quo and, and, and we're together again inside, inside a school, we'll, we'll have all these new skills uh, that we can use to, to make it a better experience uh, for ourselves and for our students. Yeah, I would, I would agree, John. I would say that there's been more professional development uh, over the last, you know, months uh, than, you know, than in the, in the previous long time just because of the urgency. Um, you know, we've had blended learning in place for, for a number of years. Uh, we've talked about it. But when you really have to do it, that's when you, that's when you really learn. So we have a lot of teachers who have learned a, a great deal uh, over the last month. If I could add just a little piece to that, it's the, you know, on, on the PD, on the PD piece, you know, I think it's been, uh, it's been a nice change for our teachers to, to slow down a bit. You know, I mean, focused on the question around, po- you know, what are the positive pieces? You know, we, we, we've been setting a pace for everybody that we're trying to, you know, squeeze it all in. And, and is this, is this in a way saying, let's, let's, you know, using, you know, using that phrase again, less is more. It's a chance for elementary kids to do some deep dives on some topics that are interesting, right? And just, you know, and moms and dads spending some time reading with their kids even more so and just talking about topics and looking in their backyard. And, and, and so, I mean, there's a lot of positives we can take from it. I think, you know, at, at a personal level for families, especially. And then, you know, one of the things here, you know, I think for teachers, it's just been, you know, it's just been uh, challenges in front of them and, and boy, talk about stepping up to the challenge of, of all of a sudden I've got my classroom and all my stuff around me and all of a sudden I need to be stuck in my house and doing all this. People have really stepped up and, and, they've, and it's, been, it's been invigorating to see how people are like, yes, yes, we can do it. And yes, we've got this. And, and, and yeah, there were a couple of takeaways there that, I mean, there's a lot that Sheldon and John have shared. And I feel like there's, there's just so much. It, it depends on our mindset of things too, right? Right. And so um, so I, I, it's a, a healthy reminder for us to less is more. I agree. You know, deep dives on thinking and and then, you know, how do we view this in the long run of, OK, so how do we really what's really important to us about education? What's really the most the things we should be learning? What schools are what are schools for? And um, and that'll be good questions for us to ponder, you know, uh, uh, during and after this crisis. Yeah, and I think, too, it's 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 in the long run going to really bring communities together as much as, as paradoxical as that may sound, you know, we're all realizing that we're, we're in this together. And John alluded to that, um, you know, everybody's in the same boat. And I, I think there's sort of a sense of, of team. And I, I definitely see that as, as well with our teachers, they're really stepping up They're They're an amazing group and they're really leaning on each other and they're, working with each other they're collaborating they're sharing and you even see that if you if you want to take it you know a, a broader approach to this you know the collaboration between schools between continents 
um, you know, a lot of the material that we that we used uh, to set up our, our distance learning plan, uh, we begged, borrowed, and, and, and stole from from other schools with their permission. And you know, we've been giving permission to other schools to to use our materials. And I think that sort of idea of of sharing um, that idea that you know. It, this is crossing borders and, and let's all fight, you know, work on this together and, and fight this together and, and, and succeed in this together. I think that's, um, that's a positive uh, that I can take away from this as well. Gentlemen, I think that you have addressed a little bit of the next question that I have to ask, but I wondered if you have to explain to an audience um, in a more concrete way, how has the role of an administrator has changed during this epidemic, during uh, the decision to go to distance learning, what has exponentially changed, or would you say, about your job description that is completely different now? Well, I can start here. Um, I have uh, uh, been more directive in the decision-making. Uh, usually things are, uh, I'll be, uh, I'll, I'll ask many, many people what they're thinking about this or You know, I'll go to team leaders and ask them, you know, give me your insights on this. And when it, when it, in the very, in the very first stages of where we knew there was this hybrid version and then there was the, then there was the full you know, school closure piece, uh, there wasn't time for that. There wasn't. And, and um, I met with my team, of course, my administrative team, but I even need to be directive with them and say, this is what you're doing. This is what you're doing. This is what you're doing. And in that, in that sense too of, You know, of crisis because that's what it is, right? Um, you're all of a sudden transformed into an online environment rather than a, rather than a physical environment, and so um, and I've voiced that too. I've told my team that you're going to hear me say things differently and make decisions differently, and I'm doing so for the benefit of the school and benefit of kids and benefit of learning, and and in some ways, you know, I've I've seen it and heard it <clears throat> that some are like, oh, wait a second, that's you know, usually we get the chance to discuss this and go over it first and, and come to a conclusion. And, and I've, I've been more directive. So, you know, that's been one of the, uh, one of the things that's changed in my role a bit. It's not exactly my favorite thing, uh, but I think it's been helpful uh, and it's been necessary uh, in my view to ensure that, that moms and dads understand roles, kids understand roles, parent, uh, teachers understand what their expectations are, education assistants understand what their job is. And so, Doing that and, and having this online environment uh, when you're not in a physical environment also changes things too. And so the conversations aren't always the same. They don't feel the same. And so um, having to take on that, that type of uh, leadership quality has been something I've, I've noticed. Yeah, I, I agree, Joe. Uh, I was thinking about this, uh, not in the sense of a different, you know, things that I'm doing differently, but I think the important things that we do Uh, become more acute. And I would say this in the sense of, of maybe four things. Uh, one that you just mentioned, Joe, is, is clarity of communication you know, and sort of streamlining that and being a bit more intentional as to who gives what messages um, and, and reserving certain messages that come from maybe from me, uh, certain messages that come from our, our Uh, team leaders or department heads, etc. So I think just intentionality of communication might be one. I think a second one would be trust. I think that, you know, we're not in the classrooms. We're, we're placing a lot of trust in our teachers. And I think that's essential. I, I think they need to have that trust. 
with support, of course, but they need to know that, you know, when things don't work, that it's okay. When they try new things, it's okay um, to fail and, and uh, you know, be experimenting and to, to look at, at, at what's best for the kids. Um, so trust is important. I think um, being a learner as a leader uh, has become even more acute during this time. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how many hours we've all spent uh, in webinars and, and on websites and uh, communicating to other with other leaders in, in different schools and different continents. But that is taking on a, a much uh, greater significance. And then the fourth thing I would say, say would be, you know, we, we often say hi in the hallways. How are you doing? Uh, I think that, you know, that how are you doing takes on a much more, takes on much more significance. Um, you know, I think checking in, making sure that of the well-being of, of, of all of our staff um, and as many of our, our kids that we can re- reach out to as possible, that just becomes so much more meaningful and, and so much more pur- purposeful. So I would say those four areas are not different from things that we've done in the past but uh, just take on a greater significance. Yeah, they are enhanced, aren't they? They're, they're just uh, now so much more on a pedestal, uh, some of those things, and, and they're clearly defined for us as well. And I appreciate your framing that, that, it that way. And uh, it's, it's, it certainly is you know, this uh, heightened uh, feeling that you know, how are we connected with people rather than being in the hallway to see people and shake hands and fist bump and high five. And, and how do we stay connected? Because we know the teachers are going to be able to do that. And, um, you know, Shelton, you're laying out some, 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 some ideal ways that, uh, that, that leaders can stay, you know, in contact. And, uh, and it's changed. And, and that's what the question's about. And so it's how do we, how do we ensure that we're, we're still our fingers on the pulse of learning, too? Yeah. Um, much has changed as, a, as an administrator during this time of crisis. But I, but I think some things haven't changed. I think uh, our raison d'etre, which is to support teaching and learning, that mean, that's the same. The methods, the protocols, and the practices that we use are completely different. But you know, we're motivated by the same things. I, I think this, this whole experience has, uh, for me as an administrator, uh, reinforced the primacy of the teachers. And it really has displayed how key they are in the learning process. And, uh, you know, this goes without saying, I'm sure I can speak with everybody here on, on this call, but, you know, the distance learning has increased the appreciation for all the people that I work with and, and who, uh, who teach our children. I, I think you kind of gave some words of advice there, but if uh, you could give some words of advice to support, um, I guess, three main groups or maybe fourth, I'll add a fourth. So like other admin that might listen to this podcast, teachers, students, and parents. So what advice could you give them as they navigate distance learning in the upcoming weeks and could be possibly months? Sure. I can, I can, um, start with that with teachers. Um, I guess my advice would be, uh, number one, take care of yourself. You know, every time we get on an airplane where we, we're, we're told we, we need to put on the oxygen mask first, uh, and then help others around us. And I think, you know, teachers need to take care of themselves um, if they're going to be effective in this in this situation. Um, and so, you know, I think that's the first priority for, for teachers to help them do that. I would say 
you know, lean on each other. As, as I mentioned before, I, I think our staff is doing an amazing job, but, you know, lean on each other. We're all, you know, everybody's in this together. Everybody's here for each other. Um, and, and then coupled with that, you know, less is more, um, you know, this is a time to take some things off your plate. You can't just keep adding everything onto plates, um, take some things off of the plate. And then finally for teachers, I would say, you know, treat this as an opportunity to explore, to, to find new ways of doing things, uh, you know, especially things like assessment, um, which is going to look very different, uh, you know. So take some chances, feel free to take risks. That, that would be my, my advice for, for teachers. And maybe I'll just keep going and then I'll let the others uh, give their advice. But uh, for students, I would say, again, uh, you know, look after yourselves. This too shall pass. You know, we will we'll find ways to celebrate those rights for the grade 12s at some point. Uh, may look different or maybe at a different time, but, but you know, we'll find ways to do it. Um, connect with each other and, um, and know that, you know, in the long run, you know, we're going to be better people and better learners uh, for surviving this. And uh, it's hard to see now, but, um, you know, I think uh, in the long run, you know, there will be some positives that come out of this. And for parents, I would say be supportive of your kids, be supportive of your teachers and trust, trust in the school and be patient with the school. Um, not all the problems are going to be resolved instantaneously. We're going to learn. We're going to make mistakes. You know, I think uh, hopefully, hopefully trust and administrators, I would say, you know, we're, we're a network. We're, we're all in the same boat. We're all sharing resources. You know, let's lean, lean on each other as well. Yeah, I, I I had jotted down a few notes prior, and and I'm as as I'm looking at all of the words and uh, that Sheldon sharing, I'm I'm ticking some boxes here, saying, oh, Sheldon got that one, and I, and I agree because the main one for me is everyone's got to look at self care as a priority right now, and that's obviously in the physical sense, uh, but it's also in the uh, in the emotional sense of you know knowing when you need to take a break. Knowing when, you know, understanding that socially distant does not mean that you have to be relationship distant. That means, you know, spending time, you know, doing a phone call or so with with a friend or and that's anyone. It's child and adult. All right. And and so I think those are messages for for every person in in, in the group here, teacher, student and administrator. Some of the things I, I guess I, I look at are the, the you know, Sheldon has talked about soft skills or, or I call them life skills as well. And you know they're enhanced right now a lot around responsibility. They're enhanced when it comes to empathy. They're you know and and uh, and care, or in kindness and and all these things that and and respect and self discipline too around you know building independence. And so there's so many here. I mean we've you know ASFM has has done a lot of work around the castle using the castle competencies as a driver for this. And so these become so enhanced right now that we can take a really clear look at how are we doing with those because now is this great opportunity for us to slow down here's this great opportunity for less is more deep dives on topics and think more and have more independent time and you know some of it forced upon us of course and so um you know, I, i'd say i'd say it's 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 giving us a chance to to do that and so the advice would be Focus on those life skills and those soft skills. Focus on self-care for all. I think from the from, if there's one piece for any administrator that would be listening to this, and, and any teachers really too, I guess, 
is to think about the human first. All right. And, you know, when, you, when you're thinking about assignments, when you're thinking about the time, um, you know, think about them as people before you think about them as students all right, or as teacher. All right. Um, and I, I'd say those are important things to to ponder as we, you know, uh, consider decisions for distant learn, distance learning as, as, as leaders. You know, I think those are a few things I would I would share. I'm uh, really hesitant to offer any advice. I, I really feel like I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of learning. Um, I really feel like I need some time after this passes for some metacognition and to, re- and to reflect. Um, yeah, right now, I, I don't feel like I'm in a good position to offer too much advice. Um, if I had any, I guess it would be, you know, stay positive. Um, try to appreciate the epiphanies that are occurring during this time of crisis, you know, on a daily basis. I really think that we don't want to make this experience lost time for us in our lives or our careers. And, and I, th- I think we have to understand how this, this whole crisis is, is going to help us to be better people in the long run. That's what I'm trying to focus on. Well, John, you're going to hate me for my next question because it's, I think it's unfair given your, your statement. But um, my own version of less is more is that I love to play chess, right? But I'm not playing chess with schoolwork or what is going on with the pandemic or globally i'm taking it one day at a time so that's my version of less is more on the other hand i am deeply fascinated by how education is changing throughout this process so my question is for the three of you like what would you take out of all this for the projection of a new reinvented reinvigorated process of of education or for a school year, what, what would you, if it was up to you, what would you take out of this and just like jump into a new sense of education? I'll, I'll, weigh, I'll weigh in on, on two things. You know, in an elementary setting, you know, often it's, it's exposure and, and basic skills and, and get, getting kids, you know, um, you know, become critical thinkers of, of, of reading and building the skills of reading and problem solving with, with computation and in a variety of things and exposing them to music and art and really, you know, setting the stage for the next, you know, next part of their, you know, uh, of their lives. And I'd say what, what could be the next step I'd say is, is we, we need to have more chance for kids to self-assess on how they think they're doing in, in learning because they're, they're the one it's their learning. All right. And, you know, I, I I listened to that podcast the other day that you know that was you guys brought up, and I heard Leanne Young, Leanne Jung, excuse me, um, talk about a bit more of, of letting kids own their learning and do that through some more self-assessment. So why you know we give all these kids these projects to do, but how are we going to really assess them? And, and and her comment was, well, one, we can extend them so they do learn it and and take the time barrier away, and two, let them assess themselves and then compare that to what you think as a teacher. Have they done that as well? And so there's that that relationship piece. And so I think there's there's a level of self assessment. I mean, and and I think about that at, at certain ages because you know some kids you know as young as three and four and five maybe aren't able to do that as as you know verbalize it as much as older kids can. Uh, but I also see this as an opportunity for elementary school to have more chance for our kids to have elective uh, time. Uh, to look at to look at um, letting kids choose some uh, more parts of their own learning, and we're doing some of that in our in our literacy and our math and our science. 
yet they're, you know, in a high school experience and a middle school experience, you've often had that elective there of, oh, I want that class. I want to learn about, about this. And sure, we, you know, we, we can, we can, we provide a little bit of that with Eagle Academy and, you know, but, but it's not enough. We need to build more, more time in to, for kids to, to explore some topics that are more passionate to them. Yeah, I, I agree, Joe. And, and I would, I would say personalization for me, you know, I think we're realizing when you're in a situation like this, everybody is in a completely different situation. Everybody's in a different space. Everybody's in, uh, you know, is living a different experience um, related to this crisis. And so personalizing learning um, more than we're currently doing with, with our with our old system, if you want, and really looking at meaningful learning. You know, I, I think this accentuates the need for for stripping away some of the things that we do just because we've always done them. And and how do we make learning more meaningful ki- for kids in, in, a, in a way that they can confront these kinds of crises, these kinds of situations uh, throughout their lives? Hopefully they'll never be confronted with the same kind of, uh, you know, crisis of... Uh, pandemic uh, proportion but you know everybody is going to live through their own personal issues their own personal crisis uh, in their lives and our i think our learning needs to reflect their strengths their concerns their their desires their hopes etc um, more than it, it currently does so i i would i would be hoping for those two changes meaningful learning and, and more personalized learning Excellent. All right. Well, we're, we're pushing 50 minutes here and normally towards the end of our, our podcast, we're wrapping up. We, we you know, we app, ask a general question if there's anything you, else you want to share in closing or if there's something that we might have left out that you, you know, you'd want to say, we'd probably open the floor up for that. And, um, and then we'll, we'll get into a kind of a closing. So if there's anything you wanted to say that hasn't been mentioned. Yeah, first of all, I would like to give a, a huge shout out to to everybody who's in the health business, uh, doctors, nurses, uh, medical staff. What they're doing is, um, you know, even though as teachers, as educators, uh, we're going through some difficult times, let's keep in perspective that they're going through much more difficult times and much more difficult transitions and, and dangerous times and our hearts are out to to all of them. Sheldon is right on. You know, this is a time when w- you know we need to abide by what our local, state, government, and federal leaders uh, are are doing, and and allowing people to 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 do their job, allowing people to who are trained in in the health specialty fields to be able to perform. Right, and it's important that I think it's we recognize that, uh, and, and our kids understand, you know, uh, the the field that people are in, and, and and an opportunity for for hopefully some of them to to say, I want to do this too. I want to I want to be able to be a person that can save somebody's life, and I want to be a person that's trained in the medical field. And so, yeah, I think that's it's it's Sheldon is important important to mention for sure, and. Um, I think in a, in a time like this too, it's it's. I think we become reflective of, in this in this case, learners, all right, and how we how we support learning going on, and I, I think it's a there's a chance here to refocus on what is important. Uh, I heard it today uh, in a, in a in a group setting, 
early morning chat with a with a variety of of school leaders across the world, and and I heard the emphasis on what is important, you know, what is important, and and where do, and where does school fall in that? And so, if we can be reflective, and I'm going to go back to that word, be reflective of what's the entity of school and what learning is can be, rather than what it's always been, uh, then then we can really uh, have people honor lifelong learning to its fullest, uh, even at the youngest ages of, of, of how we can work together and how we can build our own independent skills and, and really just uh, see learning and as something that is, is here, not just to gain a score, but to it's who we are. And so if we can be reflective of that uh, out of all this, uh, then that would be, I would love that as a takeaway for as many people as possible. Um, for me, the perspective that I just like to probably advocate is, um, you know, as we spend this time mostly with our, our nuclear families and, and, and our houses, remember that we're still part of a community and uh, appreciate that community and, and remember that um, there's better times ahead. And uh, I, I think this will give us a perspective on how important that sense of community is for us when we get back together. Well, gentlemen, thank you for those kind of closing remarks. I think, yeah, I mean, we, we can't uh, say enough about all those healthcare workers. I mean, we as teachers, it's very challenging, but um, at the same time, at least we're doing our work from the safety of our, of our home and not kind of on those front lines that people have been saying. Um, but but just in closing, I'd like to thank uh, you guys for just uh, sharing all your, your insights and knowledge of, of this kind of process and this crisis and this kind of change in education that we've, we've been going through and that I mean thank to to all of our administration uh, you guys have all been doing a, a great job in, in kind of leading our school here in Mexico through this process but uh, and and of course our teachers and our students and our parents so uh, thank you guys for for coming on and sharing your thoughts and uh, Jose I don't know if you had any closing remarks yeah I was it, it just again dawned on me the situation today is a Thursday today is the middle of the day where all of us working is a work day yet this is one of those situations where where we are right now allow us to simultaneously having this conversation and be able to being able to share it with an audience and like uh, like you all saying there's a there's perils all around this situation that we need to collect and and make sure to find them in every day and again if we want to help everybody and we want to help the healthcare system Stay at home while you're listening to this podcast. Hey guys, thanks so much. Appreciate the time and uh, that you're putting into this and getting the word out about you know how we can be uh, better at what we do and and, and take our messages and, and share them with your community. Thanks, guys. Well, no, thank you guys too, and and, and hopefully you guys can share it out too because you guys have a lot of different channels of communication. So once it's ready, it'd be great to to share it out with all your people. Gracias. Bendiciones. Thanks again, everybody. Stay tuned.